0: Hello 2 2 Hello 2 chat.
1: Industry. 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 Industry Industry Industry
0: Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich and today on the podcast talking with Tom Wilson aka Lee Harvey Osmond Hamilton's own the Juno winner uh, Amazing, amazing story. Early days in Hamilton, uh, working with Bob and Daniel Lanois. His, his time in Junkhouse. Blackie and the Rodeo Kings. Wow. And, he, and on November 15th, his, his book comes out, Beautiful Scars. So check that out. Hope to see you at the Heliconian Club on October the 13th for my big album launch with Hoxley Workman and Kevin Bright joining the Lollipop People you can get tickets now at Eventbrite, and I uh, hope to see you there. Look it up at friendlyrich.com. And here it comes now, ladies and gentlemen, prepare to be dazzled. My talk with Tom Wilson. Mm.
2: our lives Yeah. thinking that we need to to have greater insight into yeah. the world or into ourselves and really it just comes down to your grandkids lacrosse game on Tuesday and their soccer <laughs> on Wednesday and uh, you know and it comes down to getting up and doing the work you know to be an artist rather than you know just Talking about it, I guess. Right. Well, which, which is what we're doing <laughs> we're, right now. We're about to do that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I want to get into it with you because uh, I came here what uh, a week ago, not even. You, 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 yeah, painted my guitar, and I'm honored. And it's it oh, good. Really messed up, which is what I want. And uh, I look forward to having it uh, leak on many a suit to come. Yeah. That sounded a little dirty. It's okay. It's it's a Monday, and. Uh, and you got chatting and i started thinking about you and the the career you've etched out like it's it's so it, it's it's so impressive i mean, you've been doing this for how long now it's it's for a uh, spans
2: at least 45 years come on yeah well i started Whoa. when i was 15 or 16 you okay and uh, i never wanted to do anything else I uh, was uh, I, like I, I I didn't want to be. I was uh, four years old in 1964. Okay. And uh, it's it's like you know if you ask a bunch of guys my age, yeah, who became musicians, you know, uh, what happened to them? Uh, the, you know it was like uh, it was this crazy thing. The Beatles on the Ed Sullivan mm-hmm. Show. Mm-hmm. You know, which for my for for my, that age group for me was like uh, that was. That changed my entire life, not because. Listen, no, no slag against the Beatles, but I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest Beatles fan, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just what was going on there, and the interaction, and the ability to move people to hysteria in that case. Yeah. Um, it, it was like it's like the nail that you need, driven through your forehead to be able to uh, hang the rest of you know your life on. And uh, sometimes that happens, you know. Sometimes for kids, mm. it's uh, seeing, you know, Bobby Orr score that famous goal against the St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup, or it's, you know, seeing some guy walk on the moon, or uh, something happens that's mm. just like clears the path for us to be able to say, that's exactly what I want to do. Now, I didn't necessarily wow. want to be in the Beatles. Uh, although I I did a dream I was in the Beatles once when I was a kid to impress my next-door neighbor, neighbor, Tammy Pilkington, who I loved. But that was was the only time uh, I ever wanted to really be a Beatle. What I really wanted to do was be a communicator, and um, I realized that uh, artists are communicators, and the job of artists is to communicate. The job of artists is to communicate while politicians and business people are trying to control the world artists are there to create possibilities for the world and that seemed like a pretty good you know it seemed like not the easiest road to be taking yeah yeah but it seemed like uh something that i'd want to do that but i'd be happy doing yeah, yeah yeah
0: and and what you grew up tammy pilkington or are you are
2: you is this hamilton yeah i grew up on uh, east 36th street in Brucedale. wow yeah up on the mountain here wow yeah. So this place has a deep significance for you in terms of you've always lived here. Well, I, I was I was I was born here. I was brought yeah. off. Uh, well, before I was born, my mother was brought off a reserve outside Montreal in uh, in uh, and uh, um, and uh, she was brought here huh? to uh, be uh, for me to be ushered into the world under the white man's wing. So you know. Oh wow that's uh, I was lucky enough to have people that love me my great aunt and uncle raised me uh-huh. uh, up on the mountain there uh, but yeah no Hamilton is like uh, Hamilton there's no other place I've, I've moved away I've lived I lived in LA when I was in my I went to LA when I was like 18 thinking or 19 thinking I was gonna take on the world I'd sold a song yeah to George Thurgood and I thought well this is it I'm gonna take on the world and I ended up uh you know, selling hash to tourists in front of Groman's Chinese Theater and living off chili dogs and drinking beer and uh, realized that I wasn't actually taking the world on; that the world was kind of just kicking my ass. So, you know, um, I yeah. lived there, and I lived in Toronto for a while, and I lived in Halifax off and on. You know, so um, this is uh, this is so Ham- you- Hamilton's not the only place you've you've. No. D- done time, eh? Yeah. But uh, it's the only place I want to live. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, nowhere else that's is interesting. as interesting or as inspiring to me. Huh. And I mean, there's great... I mean, that's that's a, uh, that's a hard comment, Rich, yeah, considering yeah. all the beautiful places in the world there are to be. But for me personally, to wake up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. be inspired, uh, uh, this is the place for me to be. Mainly because it's not a place... It's not a major center, you know, where... Mm-hmm. Um, You can pretend anything, you know. And you find, you know, when you think about New York. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Charlie Parker wasn't from New York. Miles Davis wasn't from New York. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's not from New York. Mm -hmm. Tom Waits isn't from New York. Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan wasn't from New York. Right, right. They all came from places where um, doing what they did Yeah, was a lot more challenging than it was in a major city, you know. Major city is challenging in its own ways. Right, right, right. But there's no no little community to pat you on the head and, you know, stick their finger in your ass and tell you that you're, you know, really good, Mm. you know. So without that, um, some of us, uh, you know, myself, I find that uh, to be, you know, an inspiring thing to kind of have to wake up and kick ass and be independent and hopefully... Hopefully think independently and hopefully come up with some kind of original idea, which is really hard to do. Well, I,
0: I, I like the for me, Ham, Hamilton cities like Hamilton's uh, kind of sim- represent a lot. Right. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's got a bit of an underdog kind of feel. Maybe it's got the grit I look for in a city, you know. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just got a lot of character. It's an excellent fixer-upper. I always say that about yeah. Hamilton.
2: Like, it's I don't know. There's a lot well, going for it, you know. A lot of culture. Yeah, you know, and it's like still, uh, it's always it's just never changed, you know. I mean, right, uh, right. There's always been artists here, and there's always yeah. been writers and thinkers and musicians here. Um yeah. It's just that uh, the Toronto Star and the Globe and Mail and CBC decided to pay attention to it yeah. and uh, suddenly you know all of a sudden we went from an underdog uh, with a lot of Toronto yeah. people moving in to uh, more of a downward dog <laughs> you know it,
0: it has that had an effect that the, the recent kind of uh, marketing uh, that uh, of Hamilton has it had an effect on the vibe in, in the city overall
2: for you have you noticed it I don't notice yeah. it I'm oh. 58 uh, like yeah. I say I go to my kids' lacrosse games. I go to Six Nations and watch the arrows. I go to my kids' soccer, my grandkids, that is, yeah, yeah. soccer games. Yeah. Um, I don't pay much attention, you know, to a lot of things. I mean, the only thing I notice different is that there's like three thousand dollar baby strollers going up and down Lock Street. Okay, when there were, never was that before. You know? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, gentrification is a uh, huh. is a disease more than it is a uh, positive thing. I mean, it's a positive thing as far as bringing money in, but you know what? Yeah. For those of us that are not that interested in, in in that kind of money, you know, it, it's uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, you have to, uh, hmm. uh, you have to Hamiltonians have to speak about their history. Yeah. They have to speak about. What these buildings were and what these streets were before all these nice people showed up, and I say these nice people because they're all building lives here. People are sure. building lives here, sure. but before that disappears, you know, yeah, um, uh, we we have to we have to respect where where we came from, where the city came from, and there's just so many so many levels of interesting shit i mean yeah. you know the french connection the yeah. heroin trade started on railway street here in hamilton you know that movie the french connection from the 70s was yeah. this huge gene hackman movie you know and this yeah, yeah, johnny yeah. papalia you know who ended up he was born on railway street grew up on railway street started monarch vending on railway street and he got his head blown off in the parking lot on Railway Street, right where he was born. Whoa. He was assassinated. And uh, that you know that's one thing. You know, I mean there's so many like say so many layers, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hamilton is the waterfall capital of North America which nobody you know, nobody would think of that's not on the sign when you come in. It's yeah. not on is it on the sign? <laughs> no, I don't think it's so. not on the well, sign. I don't think so. It should be.
1: Yeah. Probably yeah, should be. It's yeah. a pretty
2: cool thing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know uh the uh, ambient music, uh, the birth of ambient music yeah, happened yeah. In, in East End Hamilton, you know what I That's mean? wild, yeah. You know, yeah. like Brian Eno and yeah. Bob and Dan Lanwell, you know, came up with, you know, music for airports and mm. all that, you know, all that approach to music that changed the world, you know, of, of like actually, you know, the spaces in music, in modern music rather than, you know. yeah rather than the the colored areas
0: have you done a lot of work with with those guys like lanwa, the lanwa brothers or
2: over the years yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i don't i don't i haven't talked to dan in years yeah bob i haven't actually talked to for a couple of years either uh-huh. but bob uh-huh. and i made a record together and, right right and uh, we used to you know Grand avenue was like uh those guys were happening cats back in back in the 70s right i mean they were young guys they were like these two skinny french canadian kids with giant afros and bell bottoms that were selling lsd out in front of the woolworths down on king street and they basically carved out their entire they're the hardest working people i've ever met in my life yeah besides dan Lanois being uh you know changing in a lot of ways changing the face of music changing the way we listen to music you know in a lot of ways as a record producer and as a visionary Guy's the hardest working guy on the planet. You know what? It's like if we think we work hard, or yeah. we think we have something to offer the world. It's like you know we we have to pull up. He's a good example huh. of that. You, you better pull your socks up. Right on. Because right on. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, attention that goes into what what he's done. But they were guys that had nothing. Their mother moved from Quebec to yeah. uh, get, bring the family down here, and uh, and they uh, figured out. I mean, if they wouldn't have been in music, and wouldn't have been so talented. Uh, they would have been gangsters for sure. Isn't that Isn't that something? What a statement! Yeah. 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 They're survivors more than anything, you know. And I mean, the money they made off of selling uh, acid out in front of uh, Woolworths, you know, and yeah. and doing whatever they did to have to make money to get by is what built their first studios, and uh, you know what uh, they they realized they realized how important that was to their lives yeah and uh, they were they were guys in the 70s driving around in Porsches and and Corvette Stingrays you know yeah like they we were in awe of those guys they were like <laughs> they were the gangsters of local the local music scene you know they and had how, they had how old shit you going at that
0: time? on you, you were like oh it was in 20, my late teens, late teens early late 20s teens, right yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah late teens late teens
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I want to talk about how you kind of came to where you're at, you know? Uh, obviously, Junkhouse, right, is is a big yeah, element. Just,
2: that was like a blip on the screen, right? It
0: was. It seems like it. You look you. I've, when I look at your career, I, I go, okay, started there. That I understand. Yeah. Um, you've written songs for a ton of different artists, right? You've you've you, yeah. I don't know. You've just you've remained so creatively. You've navigated it, and I, the podcast is called Industry Tactics. I, I want you to talk a little bit about kind of how you've managed to etch out this, like, it, it seems like a multi-pronged career. Like, you have, a, you
2: have many hats, right? Well, part of it is survival, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, the one thing I have to say uh, to anybody, mm-hmm. doing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But in, in, in this world, in the music world, or in art world, or writing, yeah. that is, if you don't have to do this, don't. Don't do it. If -hmm. you don't have to do it, if you don't have to wake up and create something Mm -hmm. or write something or paint something Mm -hmm. or film, or if you don't have that burning desire Mm -hmm. to go looking for that idea, then you just shouldn't be doing it because if you you don't have that burning desire, you're actually wasting your time. And as a result, you're going to waste everybody else's time with something that is not that... Interesting if it's not important to you, yeah. If it doesn't have the fire in it, yeah, then how do you expect anybody else to really embrace it, you know? Amen. Um, and the uh, doing all this stuff, painting, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we're in Tom's uh, what what is is this living room, yeah, studio.
0: Well, it's just an office. It's an office, and yeah, uh, we
2: I, I haven't had a living room in uh, since nineteen. I've never had a living room. Amen. Well, so you're certainly living. Office.
0: There's a. We've got a ton of his own uh, original art on the wall. There's. Uh, what is that there? A couple of Juno. Uh, three Junos.
2: Three Junos. Gemini's. A couple of Gemini's. And uh, something a radio number one kind of award yeah what are those guys they're the uh those are music awards over okay there. and uh the Hammies. Is there anything else oh, that's beautiful i man. don't know it's beautiful oh there's nothing else and there's some gold records and stuff but you know what yeah i always thought well this stuff whenever they handed me one of these i thought you know this is really good because yeah if things go down and out these i can get some money of these <laughs> down a provincial coin and pawn you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and and, 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 that's, and and that's not being disrespectful to the awards, because yeah I would rather win than not an award, uh, but uh, uh, it just comes down to the reality is that... The uh, um, thing about doing this mm-hmm. is that, you know, how you see people with their Tim Horton cups walking along the road at, at stoplights, you yeah. know, asking people for change, and you yeah. see people... <clears throat> unfortunately in the streets and stuff Mm -hmm. and uh people don't stop to think that that is just one trip in the on the street it's just you just have to fall down once and it's a long way back up and you may never get back up yeah i really appreciate you saying that you know
0: I, I do i i i feel that i feel that it's it's probably one or three experiences a, a, away from you know don't don't separate
2: yourself from the, you know what i mean yeah it's yeah you're not that you're not that hot you know you yeah. nobody's yeah. above anybody yeah well uh we're all well capable good. of succeeding we're all capable of fucking falling and um and as an artist <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it's always there i uh I'm lucky enough to live in this house, uh, neighborhood, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, But this house, I came by. I used to date a girl in Mm -hmm. 1981. Did I tell you this? No. No. I dated a girl in 1981 that lived across the street. You didn't get the girl of your dreams, though, eh? Uh, Tammy Pilkington?
0: You didn't end up. Ta- I don't know where Tammy Pilkington is. God no. bless her. Shout out to Tammy Pilkington. Anyway, 1981. I've got, I've
2: got I've got. a girl from my neighborhood now <laughs> that is basically a great standing for Tammy Pilkington. <laughs> okay, okay. So After all always these years, chasing Tammy Pilkington. I think, I, think <laughs> yeah. I found my Tammy rosebud, Pilkington. Rosebud, rosebud. Anyway,
0: yeah. 1981, across the
2: street. 1981, across the street, I'm dating this girl. And I'm just kind of sleeping with her sister, too. Yeah, And I used to sneak out of the basement of this house across the street, which yeah. was just a bungalow at the time. Yeah. Four in the morning, 81, punk rock shoes, you know, tight yeah. pants. Yeah. Um, whatever fucking punk hairdo. Yeah. Used to keep slipping and sliding down this. Their Afghan dog used to chase me. Okay. And I used to run past my car and hide behind this old farmer stone wall out here. And I used to sit there at four in the morning waiting for the dog to take off. And I looked at this house and I said, you know what? If I ever make any money, I'd like to buy this house. Come on. Then I, it comes up for sale. And there and the real estate agent brings me to the house. And the very first painting I ever did was hanging right there in my office, in the living room uh-huh. of their house. Uh-huh. And I was like, holy fuck, man. Wow. This is my house. So Wow. I know it's it's interesting, huh? It's also haunted this house. Yeah, this house is um, yeah, it's um, it's haunted uh, with an energy of uh, uh, religious persecution.
1: Holy shit! It's very interesting.
2: Yeah, um, and it doesn't really bother men too much. But no, it, bo- it bothers women. I've had a, um, listen, this is not guy yeah. talk. Yeah, but I've had a lot of girlfriends over the last ten years have come through here, stayed yeah. here, hung yeah. out they've all been bothered by the by the ghost the ghost of religious persecution it's a nun it's a nun, ah. it's a nun
0: yeah all who, right
2: who whose uh, father lived here interesting shit
0: i want to i want to cut to some of your music sure uh that
2: song that you sold the thoroughgood back in the day do you new, uh, new york uh, new york city was called not the great Demic song new york city could you send me a copy of it? could we play it I mean after, yeah, after. I, I bet You know what I bet it's somewhere It was by my band It ended up being a song That was uh, With my band The Florida Razors Who by Just by ha- Happens That are, are coming over For dinner tonight who Come I on seen. There yeah. you go There you yeah, go Yeah the Florida Razors Were uh, like a band It was a guy named Carl Cassie Who's up from Texas Yeah uh, A local guy Greg Cannon up here And Jason Avery on guitar Right on We were We were a really good band Wow we sold that I mean, as, as a guy who makes music, you know, friendly, yeah. rich. Uh, back in, back then, we made independent vinyl records, yeah. which was not a cool thing. Like, not being on a label no, 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 was, no, not, that was, was non- not cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which confused me yeah. later on, because when Junkhouse got signed to Sony, uh, it was considered really uncool that we got signed to Sony because everybody was being independent and it was like You know what? I was a fucking indie artist. Yeah, when you were still getting your ass wiped by your mummy. Nice one So fuck. nice one know, get out of the way, you know, so I we literally literally uh, industry tactics Keep going uh, so um, we made these records and we literally sold them, you know at gigs out of yeah. the trunk of our cars Yeah we also, back then, I used to sell a lot of speed Yeah. and uh, during a bunch of beer strikes in the early 80s, late 70s, and Hamilton had the only brewery that was uh, non-union yeah. for some reason in this town, right? Holy shit. And man. so we used to actually stick our amps and shit. We used to get a bigger rider cube truck, put all our amps in the front yeah. and fill the van uh, fill the uh, truck with beer, and go to the bars and say, "Hey, you guys out of beer? Yeah, really? we're out of beer. We got no fucking beer." I said, "We well, got beer. We used to sell to all the uh, all the, all the hotel and bar owners up and down the four hundred one. So we'd show up to the gig, and uh, you know we'd make a couple. Grand, I'd, make, I'd make a couple grand just <sighs> off of that, right? Man. Wow,
0: man. Wow, it sounds like a complete like." A- it sounds like a completely different time. Like, times have
2: changed, eh? Like, yeah. like it's weird. It, yeah. It's weird. But the difference between the difference between now yeah. and then, and where I was then, yeah. And the days of Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks, yeah. And that's uh, a different time too. Hey. You know what I mean? It's like um, if you would talk to uh, any of those guys: King Biscuit Boy, Crowbar, yeah. Yeah. Ronnie Hawkins, Rick Danko. Uh, all those guys, yeah, uh, they would have said about my era that you know things have gotten soft, you know, and if I was to look at artists now, yeah, you know, I'd say, man, you know, things have gotten soft. <laughs> I know? love that line. Things have gotten soft. Things yeah, have gotten soft. Yeah, because um, it's all about once again, if you don't have to, yeah. if you wake up not having to do this, then yeah. don't. If you can't figure out, you know. That uh, there's a beer strike. Mm-hmm. Now there's a liquor strike coming up. Yeah. Like and if there were some really smart bands out there.
0: <laughs> change up your merch table.
2: Yeah, they would load it up on booze and open up the back of their truck in the parking lot of the, you know, the but Cameron I, uh, House or uh, yeah or uh, a Dakota or even the Horseshoe, which has got actually a nice area yeah. to be able to do that yeah. kind of business. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and and sell. So say hey, you know what? You guys need a bottle of wine, bottle of gin. Come see us after the show. Friendly's
0: blood. Uh, friendly's blood. Friendly, All yeah. right, I'll work on I'll work on a, a title. But, I mean, my family crush wine. Yeah. We're, we're making the wine anyway. Are you Italian? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Where's your uh, your family uh, from Italy? It's yeah. like your mom and dad? Yeah. So your first generation, yeah. second generation? Yeah.
0: Grew up in Brampton, Ontario. Another no little kidding. Under, another little piss pot underdog. Yeah, not, good. Not as... Uh, yeah. Regal as Hamilton, I feel, but you know. Oh yeah, you know, you know. So it's, it's you know what it's the a whole variation. world it's the
2: same everywhere. Yeah,
0: it's a variation on a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, uh, we're talking about music. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Selling merch. Selling. Selling your own bar.
2: Yeah, selling, for sure. That's
0: that's. Oh yeah. That's yeah. kind I mean, of interesting. Uh, I mean, uh, what and are you, you going to do? Soft.
2: You know what? All you got to do is really take. If you really are communicating, if you're really yeah. an artist and you're communicating, yeah. all you got to do is look out at your audience and figure out. Uh, you know these people need speed or these people need coke (laughs) or these people need weed yeah these people need they need everybody needs something and uh it's uh it kind of puts gas in the tank and it allows you to be able to wake up tomorrow yeah and not have the pressure of being broke yeah you know and you you survived you survived you know what you got a couple grand in your back pocket yeah, now you can sit down, write.
0: So tell me, you're writing a book at the moment. You're mm. in the you're in an interesting space, right? The editor, you're, and thank you for giving your time to to the gentle listener.
1: Because
0: yeah. I know that the
2: editor is giving you a little bit of pressure. What
0: what the book? Books out in the fall,
2: November fifteenth. Uh, November, yeah, yeah, it's already for sale online. And it's a memoir. Well, I wanted to be a memoir, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, that's that's for. Uh, you know memoirs are for you know fancy guys like yeah. Gian gameshi and Jim Cuddy, you know what I right, mean right, I'm, I'm right. not a fancy guy so um I got this what happened was, yeah, I found out that I was uh, like um it's five years ago, yeah, I go out and do speaking gigs, right yeah uh, colleges and universities and things right. and uh sometimes when you do it they gotta they gotta organize or a handler and pulls up in a limo home in front of my house, 19, 2000, I don't know, what was it? It was just uh, five years ago. So yeah. it was like, you know, not long. Ago. Uh-huh. And um, I get in the car and uh, she says to me, uh, this is really exciting. I'm a fan of yours and you don't know this, but your family and my family are friends. And I'm literally just out here. right? Okay, okay. We're driving down the street. And I said, you know what? I hear that a lot. Yeah. But my parents were really old yeah. I'm talking about, my great aunt and uncle, right? Okay. I'm telling you, they're they're my parents in my mind, right? Right. I'm saying George Wilson, who raised me, was blinded in the Second World War. I said, place was kind of shut down, depressed. They didn't have any friends in Hamilton, mm-hmm. only relatives from Quebec. I said, so you know, even though, mm-hmm. even though the last name's Wilson's, you know, you know, your family and my family, in fact, weren't friends. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh no, my my grandmother's name. It was Mary Brennan. She was really good friends with your mother, Bunny. I said, Mary Brennan? Oh, my God. And I remembered that name okay. from when I was a kid. I said, I remember your grandmother. This is amazing. And I was like, my heart broke open. I was wow. really moved. Wow. And uh, she goes, yes. In fact, Bunny and my grandmother were so close that my grandmother was there the day you were adopted. And I was like, What? I didn't know anything about this. I was 53 years old. Yeah. So um, after, after uh, uh, time went by, I had to find out about my health. I went on this website called 23 Me. I go on 23 Me. I'm looking at my health. It's like a shot in the dark, friendly. Yeah. It's like a shot in the dark that you connect with anybody. You get sixth cousins and seventh cousins, but you don't really get anybody of any significance, right? Okay, okay sure enough, this woman gets a hold of me. She goes, Hi, Tom Wilson. My name's so and so from Montreal, Quebec. We share twenty seven percent DNA. Oh. And I said, you know, uh that's that's amazing. She goes, I think you're my grandfather. I'm looking for my grandfather. I said, well that's amazing too. I said, but my grandkids are really small, and I'm like at the time 50, I was yeah. fifty-four at yeah. that time. Yeah. I said, So I'm not your grandfather. I said, but good luck with your search. Yeah. Write her back. Twenty-four <laughs> hours later, she writes me back. She goes, Oh, well, she goes, you might not be my grandfather, but we still share all that DNA, which means you're my half-brother. It's like, holy Whoa, shit. She's on Connect with, that with her. Guy. Yeah. yeah. So she's yeah. my half-sister. Whoa. And um, and I find out that my uh, family, yeah. she says, my father yeah. is uh, from um, what they used to call Cognawaga, Ganawage, the home of the uh, North American iron workers, the Skywalkers, the guys yeah. who built all of, all of North America. And it uh, connects me with this family. I grew up an only child. Mm-hmm. I met six of my 11 brothers and sisters two summers ago. Really? And really, my father is from the same reserve as my cousin. Janie, okay. who's like the matriarch of our family. It's like we don't sit down in the next room uh, for Thanksgiving or yeah. Christmas or any of the kids' birthday without her being at the head of the table. Janie. Cousin Janie, okay. driving Janie home after a, one of the kids' birthdays and driving her over to her apartment. And to Janie, you know what? Yeah. I said, I got to tell you, I found out a couple years ago that mom and dad weren't my mom and dad. And if you ever uh, feel like you were you were there with yeah. them back then, if you ever feel like sharing any of this, please feel free to tell me. And she turned to me and she said, Tom, I don't know how to tell you this. And I'm sorry, but I'm your mother. Whoa. So it ends Whoa. up that I grew up thinking that I was this big, puffy, sweaty Irish guy my whole life. I'm actually this big, puffy, sweaty Indian guy so this all happens and i go on rich i go on cbc radio yeah to a thing called definitely not the opera yeah and they give you a subject they say okay here we are we're on uh suki and lee's on yeah. there right yeah. So we got tom wilson on the show and uh we're gonna talk uh today's subject tom and it's like i don't yeah. know what the subject is you meet a stranger and they change your life it was like jeez! You know like the yeah. girl that picked me up here. Yeah, and so I tell this story and a week later, I get a call from Bedini and Scott Sellers and they say Tom have you ever thought of writing a book? I wow. said, Fuck no, that sounds like way too much work So they have me in for a meeting and all yeah. of a sudden I'm the new writer for Penguin Random House So that's Holy how this shit. book came about. So they sat down uh, you know, originally I kind of wanted to be a rock and roll uh, adoption memoir. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I said, you know, I said, I, I, I got to write about play, music and playing in bands and shit. I yeah. said, but, you know, leave that stuff up to uh, Keith Richards or somebody, you know, you know, that that's, that's a really, you know, Yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, all I can say is we toured with, you know, Bob Dylan and Green Day in the same month. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Well, that was interesting. That yeah. part of the book's over, but I found that uh, you're touching found- on that though, eh? Like that, obviously. Like I, I, I'm not. I'm not mentioning that at all, but okay. I am mentioning a lot of what we talked about, which was growing up. Um, growing up in Hamilton, for awesome, me, awesome. For me, the center of the book is right here. Yeah, and um, and the most interesting things about any of us are as individuals are the personal things. Yeah. And it's what as artists oh my God. it's what people forget about is that, you know, we work on having this veneer yeah. around us that protects whatever is in there from the world, right? yeah and as artists you gotta the job of the artist is not to you know create something outside of that shell outside of that veneer but to expose what's inside there to the rest of the world and when you do that yeah people's jaws drop right because it's a holy fuck moment and that is the communication that's the level of communication that you want to
0: man you got me it is a holy fuck moment it's like it's like you had a Star Wars moment, yeah. In in in, in, a, in a lot of ways, there with that. Not to not to belittle it, because at that's, all, That which, almost undermines it. Like it's it's a really powerful, and and the fact that you thought you were, you know, the, the, what what you said earlier, which is you
2: thought you were Irish, but you were in fact Indian. You know, yeah, it's, it's very powerful. To Answers me. a lot of questions, right? I mean, answer wow, a whole lot of questions. And uh, now it's funny because I've been cleaning out this house, right, yeah. for my girlfriend, and her kids moving in, yeah. Going through a bunch of stuff, I call them uh, uh, the hurtful, hurtful boxes yeah. that I've been going through of old photographs oh, yeah, yeah. of George yeah. Wilson's, my father, yeah. the man who raised me, of uh, yeah. his medals and stuff. Wow. And I've been looking at a lot of things that I've been running from my entire life wow. and not facing my entire life and. It's it's kind of a, a hard pill to swallow, man. But at the same time, you know, I, I start looking at pictures of me yeah. as a kid, and it's like, holy shit, what? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. an Indian guy, man. And he's he's, a he's of, getting a photo here. A picture of my mother. Yeah. And Bunny Wilson, who raised me, and that's me. Oh my god, and, that um, is so powerful. It was actually a girl, a couple girlfriends ago, a girl named Andrea Ramallo from oh yeah, Toronto. yeah, sure, Andrea, yeah. Sure. She she saw this picture. She goes, oh my god! She goes, look, you're looking right at oh, Janie. Man. You know, I'm looking at my mother the whole time. So
0: Janie held this from you for she knew you and was in your life, but 50, yeah, until, until but
2: I, was your cousin until five years ago? Yeah, well, she's still my cousin. We we don't. Yeah. we still play that game. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go pee.
0: Yeah, we're gonna break for a song. Wow. The good thing about being 58, in fact, even being about my age, 40, you don't take any guff, and you gotta take a shit, and you gotta take a piss. You can't fucking keep driving that 401, that Reaper Bon Autobahn. You gotta get off and liquefy. If you don't, you're gonna hurt yourself. Go piss. Take the piss. Take what's yours. He's a fast pisser anyway. Here he comes now. Tom Wilson.
1: We live around the hydro towers, listening to them singing in the park. Mind the clocks to tighten all The radios are blowing in the dark The mothers lie down in the daytime They dream about Hollywood I know that they get there Black balls, irons, cans.
0: Thank you. We, uh, you know what? I kept it rolling, and I, uh, I, I spoke about how it's important to piss. Oh my God! So you you've been on the road a lot, eh? Yeah, I've
2: been on the road.
0: Like you're you're 58 now, and, and have you you've you've kind of hit your stride in terms of tarring? Like you're on the road a lot. How how long are you on the road
2: these days? Well, with one f-
1: outfit did, or another, uh,
0: Blackie
2: and the Rodeo Kings. We did 170 shows in the U.S. alone. Dang! Last year, and then we were in England. And then we did a bunch of stuff in Canada to make money for going yeah where else and playing. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that old game is still on, but... Uh, How do you find it? Well, I mean... Uh, it's tiring now, I'm 58. Yeah. yeah. I'm 58, I'm tired. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, with Blackie, yeah. it's a lot easier because mm-hmm. the halls are beautiful, you know, all those kind of massy Hall kind of places. And, yeah. you know, uh, tour buses, back on tour buses, you know. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, it's nothing to talk about. It's just convenient and a bit of a home base mm-hmm. But everything is kind of tiring. I, I'm enjoying writing and yeah. painting guitars and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah You know we got a junk house after the Florida I gave up music and started working construction hmm. uh, So I could uh, because I had to show an income and yeah. I wanted to buy a house And I, I used to have a restaurant For a short time down in Hess Village, that we sold sold bagels and cream cheese and coffee and stuff, but we also sold a lot of drugs. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, you can't, it's funny because when a mortgage company, you know, when you go to a mortgage company, you can't say, well, I got a lot of money because I sold a lot of drugs. You can't do that. (laughs) You kind of got to show, you know, an income. So I got this job working construction to show an income that, you know, that I had, you know, issues. So, that 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 was I got out of music and then uh, and then uh, started getting junk house together. I went to. Actually, I found a picture recently. Yeah. Of, uh, I was I was writing this in the book, because we were, I was at an art, uh, in an artist's loft right down on King and James. Okay. And we were, it was a Christmas party, and we were all hanging around. There was like you know a scene going yeah. on you know and uh Lanois, dan Lanoir showed up my friend tim gibbons and dave rave and th- they gave me a guitar and we all had guitars and we played a bunch of songs at the party yeah and Lanoir had just released acadie his okay. first album wow. was playing these great songs and we kind of had a little little jamboree there yeah. and uh Lanois said to me we said yeah you know he says you should come down to new orleans he says i just got this place uh, starting a studio down there, right? He was just starting to record the Neville Brothers, I mm. guess, down there. Uh, and uh, and he was just actually about to start the Bob Dylan record, Oh yeah. Mercy. Yeah. So I went down there, and I'd given up on and I hadn't given up on playing music. I just had found it to be, uh, I had kind of hit the wall. And um, I went down there, and all of a sudden I got rejuvenated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. and felt like i wanted to do it again and went home to start junk house and i kind of wanted i was really inspired by miles davis kind of blue the cowboy junkies trinity sessions wow. Lanois lan wow the man. idea of writing songwriting in tones and writing and performing without any ego mm-hmm. um just to serve you know the words and the melodies and uh and nobody was really interested in that on Queen Street. Mm. That was the original Junkhouse. And then we started taking pills and drinking and getting in fist fights on stage. And mm-hmm. everybody started paying attention. We turned our amps up really loud. Mm. And there was no turning back. All of a sudden, Junkhouse went from a kitchen table band mm-hmm. of playing songs together mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. this kind of rock and roll band.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, then we got the attention. We were hanging around Queen Street playing the Horseshoe. Yeah playing a place called x-rays ultrasound that okay. was owned by dan yeah. Aykroyd, wow and uh run by Yvonne matzel down there and uh, we were playing down there and the president of sony music came out and uh huh. wanted to take me to dinner and i went to dinner with the president of sony columbia music records and the vice president and this is the only time yeah i've done a- <laughs> This is a business move. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even though I'm a businessman, I'm not this kind of businessman. But the the guy said, he said, well, he says, you know, we really love your band. We're thinking of signing you. But we got this other act, Toronto Act. Okay. That we're also thinking of signing. And the Toronto Act was an act that we opened up for a whole bunch on Queen Street. Mm. And people loved, loved this act. I said, you know what? I said, you can sign this other act. And you're going to get on the cover. Now, Magazine, you're going to have everybody on Queen Street loving you Mm -hmm. and praising you Mm -hmm. for signing this Queen Street Act. And Toronto's going to go mad for this. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be it. I said, but if you sign me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell records for you in Red Deer, in Fredericton. I'm going to sell records for you in Brandon, Manitoba.
1: Damn. Vagina. Yeah.
2: In Peterborough. Yeah, I said because the music I write is, for is 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 got no headiness. Yeah, I'm not writing music for artists. I'm writing music for people to get up, pack a lunch, go to work every day, and so that I got signed.
0: Great elevator pitch right there. Actually, you, you've uh, I know it, it was, was great. It's like a meal ago it that you great. gave. That, that, you know what? That pitch, I wanted man. to
2: go. I wanted jeez. to go to the bathroom and slam my cock in the door because I thought, ah, oh, jeez, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean. I I can be as cutthroat as the next guy, but you know, anyways, it got me the record deal and I don't know what happened to the other act, but, uh, I think she did okay. Hopefully, I don't know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Threw her under the bus. Good one. Completely. Yeah. Amen. Um, all right. Well, what I want to talk a little bit, let's, we didn't play that song. Well, we, we might have, we don't know yet. If you can send it to me, we we might have, but let's, let's play another one of your tunes. Uh, Maybe from the Lily Harvey Osmond uh, repertoire. Yeah, sure. What do you want to cue up here? What can you oh, send Oh, play me?
2: this song called Blue Moon Drive. Okay. Because I really like it. That, and, that's uh, good enough for me. Yeah, okay, I'll play that.
0: if you can a little bit. Well what uh
2: what do you oh, got Oh, I was that I was actually I was I, was, I mentioned Andrea Ramallo. We yeah. were we were together and um I was uh staying at her apartment in uh right by Dufferin Mall by oh, this yeah. little park. Dufferin Trinity? No. Dufferin gro- Grove? Dufferin yeah, Grove. Yeah, yeah, sure. Dufferin Grove. Yeah, sure. she lived right beside there. And uh, we were hanging around in bed a lot, and uh, she said, "Hey, you got to record a record in, in six weeks." And I said, Holy shit! Yeah, I do. I better write some songs. So I started writing these songs for this uh, album called uh, "Beautiful Scars." Right on. And um, one of the things uh, I always wanted to do was uh, was write a song uh, like "The Letter" by uh, Alex Chilton. Okay. Um, Give me a ticket for an airplane. Don't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days ago, now I'm a-going home, my baby. She wrote me a letter. Now, okay. for those people out there listening to this podcast, yeah. I urge you to go to YouTube mm-hmm. and pull up the letter. Um, and I fucking, it's Alex Chilton singing. I For some reason, I just forgot the band. Mm. We're going to have to look okay, it up. Okay, okay. Look up the letter. Alex Chilton was fourteen years old when Come he sang on. that song. I'm gonna play it for you after this Holy Jesus. after this after this after we record this. Yeah, yeah. Because his voice is like seasoned and aged and yeah. it's beautiful. Anyways, I yeah. always wanted to write the letter. Anyways, uh, so that that was what I tried to do. I didn't try to copy the letter, yeah. But I liked the chord progression uh uh-huh. and um I, I liked how the song fell together in a, in typical Late 60s fashion. It's like yeah. about two two-minute and 30-second song. CBC played it once, I yeah. think. Yeah. And on Q... Or not Q. What's the other show? Drive. Yeah. yeah. Drive? Yeah. It yeah, drive, with uh, yeah. Rich. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was on one of those cousin... I don't know what they do. They do something on CBC called uh, Distant Cousin or Close okay. Cousin. Okay. They play a song that's like another song. And they played tom waits um jockey drunk on bourbon right mm-hmm.
0: after like like yeah they said the okay cousin? you know we oh, got
2: we got oh. lee harvey osmond's uh blue moon drive but what does it sound like oh. it sounds like you we, know it's they like,
0: missed it they missed it they missed that completely missed
2: it you know it's just you know the huh. shallowness of the entire Exercise bothered me, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The fact that I was dragged <laughs> into the shallow end of the pool yeah. for this yeah, good. stupid fucking C D C thing. And then they get it wrong. <laughs> yes. They don't even get the letter. So I think yeah. I actually wrote them or tweeted. Good. good. And I uh, Rich Turfries yeah. wonderful guy. Yeah, sure. It's not it's not like listen, I, I was being a little mouthy there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um uh, and I wrote I, I kind of you know tweeted them and tagged them saying you got it wrong, wrong fuckers cousin. wrong cousin wrong cousin Alex Chilton. It's the letter which is probably where Tom Waits got his song Yeah nice team. one nice one Anyway so so that's a little bit about that and the whole the whole story of the song is yeah. that's that trip to LA when I was a kid Man it's, it's kind of like not that not uh, yeah it's it's that whole time living in that apartment off Hollywood Boulevard
0: Yeah I like the uh i like it man the soft we've become a little soft today that's an interesting line you know i've read some stuff in your like uh, you'll periodically quote or retweet bukowski yeah for you, sure. you're into his stuff i like that you yeah, me too i like that Great. well i lived I like uh,
2: where i lived was like yeah? blocks away from where the he was pre? in the 70s yeah 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 uh, it was like uh well it was it was uh, actually i forget the street but yeah. the, the apartment's still there um the street does not lead to Hollywood Boulevard anymore because they built, I think, the Kodak Theater yeah. right on Hollywood Boulevard. They turned Hollywood Boulevard into Disneyland, you know. It used to be just like lowriders, and we used to drink wine, sell hash out there. And it was actually uh, an interesting place for a 19-year-old to be hanging out, you know. Yeah. Uh, now it's just like every other, you know, uh, kind of uh, gentrified
0: well, he had an area, in, he, like, you know, he had an, I'm just thinking about your, your path, right? Like it's, I mean, you've been doing this a long time, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. And, and Bukowski kind of, what always fascinated me about him was the Canada, or the Canada Post, the, his post office days yeah. growing into this career as madman poet, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that came later, right? And I am yeah. just, it's interesting. I, I'm just kind of trying to think about your, uh, What's been happening in the last hold on 10, I gotta 15... help the garbage man. oh shit he's going out to help the garbage man he's making a run for it I wish I could get this in v r you guys hearing that at home My baby wrote me a letter.
2: They actually got everything. Did they nail it? You know what? It's like uh, you put stuff out. You know, people come around and collect stuff out of your garbage you had before. (laughs) This is exciting. uh, This is an example of what I was saying about if you don't wake up with a burning desire, you make art that is substandard and really people can smell that a mile away. Yeah. I had this old desk chair that I put out there for people to take. Yeah. I knew it was shit. Yeah. I knew it was no good. Yeah. But I put it out there thinking someone's going to take this. Yeah. Nobody took it. There's an example. So, really, making art Whoa. is like going through your house and putting shitty stuff on your curb. Nobody's going to want it. It's almost like that Seinfeld episode when they have the muffin thing, top yeah. of the muffin. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. They sell the top of the muffins, they yeah. sell the, yeah. the top the, of the muffins. the stump. Of right. the muffin. They give the stump of the muffin to the homeless shelter. Uh-huh. The homeless shelter comes down and says, why are you fucking sending us the stumps? Where is the top of the muffins? Right. Nobody wants shit in their lives. Where were we? Tom Wilson,
0: thank you. Yeah. You've shared a lot, and I appreciate it. No, I was just saying how um, Bukowski later in life kind of found that, kind of developed. But you know, what, where I was going with that was the idea that we become soft today. And, like, Bukowski, even, in his uh, latter years, was, I think, almost, I don't want to say pretending, because he definitely evolved in his career, right? Mm-hmm. But the, But uh, can you remain hard forever, or are you going on a different... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, oh, I don't know, you know, I mean... Uh, like you mentioned that lacrosse thing, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, that's, that's what you're... You know what I mean? Like, that's a comfortable, beautiful part of your life right and, oh yeah and no apologies like it's not
2: well you, you, you know you <laughs> shouldn't not. you shouldn't have to apologize right. in your life too much especially for creating yeah, um yeah well Bukowski, uh Bukowski, uh probably considered himself soft compared to hemingway and mm. uh you know think about all those other crazy writers all those oscar wilds and all those yeah. people that I, there's some pretty Fucked up people (laughs) Living in fucked up worlds Creating beautiful things That we still Embrace You know So listen The soft thing Is not It's not a hit on You know People in their Twenties Or thirties Out there Or forty. It's not It's it's not Not a hit on them It's just The way the world goes Right It's like I'm Like I say I'm soft Compared to King Biscuit Boy I was I'm soft Compared to Kelly J And and those guys that yeah. were out in bars yeah. you know yeah and uh you know i mean it was just a different time you know i guess that uh you know people uh maybe people aren't as desperate to uh create um and, and it's like that's the essence of it right yeah the de- being you know the be- ability to be able to wake up the next day and create something mm-hmm. and when you put that forward you know, you don't care about being famous and you don't really care about selling a lot of records or a lot of anything. Mm-hmm. You just, it's kind of like the Batman and I forget which Batman It was Batman begins or Batman <laughs> returns, something like that. The, the but one that the sounds Joker, like you, hmm?
0: the one that sounds like you, I'm Batman.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Which is the one with that, uh, Joker that yeah, died.
0: That, yeah. 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 That one. Heath pleasure. Yeah.
2: He killed himself or sure. he OD'd right. Sure. Well. When, when all those mobsters are gathered around trying to figure out how to lure the Joker in, they can't figure out how to do it because he doesn't do it for the fame and he doesn't do it for the money. He burns all the money, right? He does yeah. it just to wreak havoc on the world, right? Yeah. And if you're a true artist, nobody should be able to figure you out because you just do things for your own reasons. And Bukowski not becoming fame I mean, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Nobody knows me. And that's I'm 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 pretty happy with that. I have a great existence. I remember having, we did a show in England years ago, and we went out to dinner with, who um, was a guy, bare naked uh, Ed Roberts from yeah. the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Ron Sexsmith was there. We all went out. They came out to our show. We all went out for dinner in London. It was really nice, and there was a guy there, a really nice guy named Kevin Hearn. Yeah. I was sitting across And he goes When well, I was talking About stuff And he goes Tom He goes I've never really Heard of you And <laughs> I said to him, I said, Good That's the point Because yeah. once Queen Street
1: yeah, Finds baby. out who you are Yeah You're fucking done man
0: In a way It's like I feel that Like There's so many Cool artists out there and the Hamilton thing feels right for me because you're almost like Hamilton's a wee bit. You could kind of do it just quietly enough, but you're you're yeah. you're doing it, baby. Like it's there's nothing. You're you're making it happen every day. Oh yeah, you know. And, and I mean, uh, a beautiful uh, career interwoven with all of these characters. It's just right? living another day, yeah. you
2: know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Never heard. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Good. I remember. And I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be rude yeah. to Kevin, yeah. but it was yeah. like, yeah. 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 I've never heard of you. It's so, like yeah. good. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Keep me out of your world. Not out of, Kevin's a nice guy. Sure. But keep me out of your whole you know With that noise. Yeah. You know, blue rodeo, uh, bare naked lady, whatever the hell it is. You know, even my friend Dave Bedini, keep me out of the real statics world. Keep me out of all that world. Yeah. You know? I yeah. love you all those guys. But yeah. It's like I don't want to be one of them. What do you want to end on? What tune? cue up one of your put on Beautiful Scars by Blackie and the Rodeo Kings yeah Um, fantastic co-written with my son Thompson and it's a duet with uh, Dallas Green right on man Mm -hmm. here it comes now, Beautiful Scars thank you Tom yep thank you there we go we shake hands even though we're on TV Yeah. here you go
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tom Wilson uh, on a tune featuring City in Color, uh, Dallas Green, and also his own son. He wrote that, he co-wrote that tune with his son, Thompson, who I hope one day to also have on the podcast. So thank you for listening. Go to FriendlyRich.com if you want to learn more about, uh, about my work, my latest recording, The Great Blue Heron, and anything else, this podcast, Industry Tactics. We'll see you again very soon. Have a nice time.